Welcome, Joy. Hi, thank you. It's lovely to be here with you. I'm excited. I didn't even ask where you're calling in from. New York City. Oh, oh, you're right down the street. I I waved yesterday when I drove through. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How about you start us off with telling us a little about yourself, what you do, and maybe what led you to do that? I'm kind of curious about that as well. Okay, sure. So I am a holistic and spiritual life guide. I am a breathwork facilitator and energy healer. I am a mother and grandmother. I'm actually, I just say, you know, I'm an eternal student of life, always seeking, always learning and sharing what has worked for me, what I'm learning with the world and, you know, just trying to offer my services. I love it. Spiritual guide, you said. Uh-huh. Okay, good. So I'm learning a lot about this stuff uh, intentionally. Like I'm reading, I interviewed somebody not too long ago about Akashic Records and that took me down this rabbit hole and I'm partnered with an energy girl now. And like, there's all this stuff that just keeps showing up. And I know that if it was the first year of my recovery, it would have been totally overwhelming, not interested. Um, so the timing has worked out where now I can really visit these topics with curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love for you to share maybe a couple of the things you do, like breath work. I've been fortunate enough to go to two different breath work things in a recovery environment. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about a couple of your specialties and how they benefit either people in general, business owners, people with addiction, uh, just the value of what you're doing. Cause I now understand and see the value, but I'd love for you to convey that to the audiences. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I didn't, I didn't say like how, what got me into this work. Would you like me to share that first? Yes. Can you tell how excited I am? I don't even have my good <laughs> interview skills on today. So Bobby, I, um, you know, I think it's just so beautiful that you say like you're, the pace of when you start to find these um, modalities from the esoteric, it's been like a journey. It hasn't just been like, okay, I'm in recovery and I'm just going to, to explore all of these things as they, you know, just like, you know, tackle the buffet platter all at once. Right. So for me, that resonates for me so much with how I found um, breath work and how I started doing all the things that I do in the world. Um, because it's really a soul, the, it's the soul that is guiding you to these, these modalities at a certain, path, you know, point in your, on your path. And that's what happened for me. I experienced a very um, adverse illness when I was 29 years old. Um, I'm now turning 49. So um, I was 29, I was pregnant, and I suffered an ischemic stroke very suddenly. And I um, you know, that was a huge time in my life of transition. I'd say, you know, I almost died basically. And, um, I had two little girls and I was, you know, um, living my life up until that point in a certain way that I'd say, um, was not meaningful 
And when I had the, besides my girls who are the, you know, have so much value in my life, they're just so meaningful. But besides that, I was, I was stuck and I wasn't, you know, I was struggling a lot. I was suffering. I was in pain, emotional pain. And, um, and then I had the stroke and then I spent about a year, almost a year in recovery from the stroke. And I call that time the dark night of the soul. It was a really, really tough time. I was depressed. I was really seeking the meaning in my life. And I found that I wasn't living my life, you know, spiritually. And that was when I started to enter the spiritual world. Um, I found holistic healing. I found ways of taking care of my body that were not with, you know, medicine, but with like alternatives, like holistic uh, healing and all these modalities. And I started running um, and running was when, you know, I, I was able to run once I got the green light from the doctors that I was recovered from the stroke uh, enough to, so to move my body. And that's when I really started to have this mind, body, spirit connection. And so I found all these different modalities and it was just like you said, it wasn't like I became like this, you know, spiritual guide from day one. It was just this beautiful trickle of finding these teachers, these healers, these certifications and, you know, being drawn to more and more of the esoteric as I um, was expanding and ascending and um, on my journey. And so um, I hope that answered the, the question, you know, um, and I think that it's very important that we don't, when we are on a path like this, we don't tackle so many things at once because we want to be able to allow the, those modalities to integrate and to really, um, you know, you, you take it off, you go to yoga, like you take it you take it off the mat once you get into real life. You're not just going to like do your yoga and then like say, oh, I got it. Like, I understand. I understand how this <laughs> stuff works. And then like, you know, now you're like in this, you, you you come outside and you're like in the real world and you don't know how to apply those tools, right? The The, the principles of yoga. And so that's why we, we say like, take it off the mat. Same thing here. You know, we want to be able to like integrate all these things that you're acquiring, like the Akashic records, like these healer, you know, whatever healing you're doing, and then like, let it sink in and let it really like, you know, um, integrate with, with the recovery that you're invested in. You're absolutely right about the timing, how it shows up and sprinkling it in, uh, as well as consumption, because it does get a little overwhelming if you're just on that, that quest to learn. But what I'm finding really interesting is themes. There's themes, whether you're listening to Deepak or, you know, different books, there's these, these themes, Louise Hay, all of that. Um, so that's what I'm starting to recognize. And it's like, hmm, there must be something to this, if all these people, very successful people in, in getting their message out are thinking all this way. So it seems that trauma or something pivotal, like recovery for me, this stroke for you is what kind of leads us there. Um, 
was it was it curiosity books like how did you actually get started inquiring and, and how did your curiosity ramp up so the fir- the first pivotal moment was when i was running um gaining like reclaiming my health through running and working out at the gym and i remember being in the locker room and there was there were a few trainers there that were talking about this holistic approach to healing and they were talking about the Czech Paul Czech is um he's like the uh, one of the pioneers of holistic health the Czech Institute and they were just talking about these different um holistic approaches and I was listening and I just was so drawn and I was like ooh like I'm so curious about that that sounded so enticing to me and then I hired um one of the trainers to be my nutritional like she was a czech practitioner so then she and then you know and i hired her and we transformed my kitchen and we did everything organic and i that's how it started and then i got certified with paul and paul is also a spiritual guide he's a shaman and so um i was as i and, and then i hired him to be my um to do private like one-on-one with him which it was very it's very costly but i was like i just felt so like i i wanted to give that to my you know give that to myself as a reward um for everything that i went through and so then he was guiding me and i was very uh attracted to what he was teaching me spiritually so i i had hired him because i was curious about how to heal my body holistically but yet i was very drawn to the spiritual realms that he was talking about and that's how i got very into it you know it was just like one thing after the other oh i love it so i i guess i'll go back to my like can you give us maybe two or three examples of things that you teach or if someone was to hire you or work with you what would that look like like and how does it help addiction for this side of it and maybe just stress, family life, anxiety, COVID relief, all those things for anybody else, right? Like, cause I imagine it works for everybody. So if you can kindly share that. Yeah. I love, thank you so much for asking that. So, um, the alchemy was what I, I call it. The alchemy, <laughs> my session is alchemy. Basically alchemy means when you take something that's very ordinary, like a, a brass metal and it turns into, um, with alchemy can turn into a beautiful gold, you know? Um, so that's pretty much what a session is like when they come in, a person will come in and they have a certain issue. They have, uh, circumstances in their lives that are really holding them back from living their life with joy and with love and freedom and uh, optimal health, um, feeling lighter, feeling connected more to their spirit and so on. So, we start off with a, um, a dialogue where we're talking, you know, it's like intuitive therapy talk, what's going on for them in their life. What are the things that they want to release? What is, um, what are they struggling with? And then what are they wanting to call into their lives? What is their dream? And even if I, I, you know, I really suggest and invite them to be limitless with what they really want, because the mind tells us the story that it's not possible right and it it's like you know we have these limiting beliefs that say you can't you'll never be good enough you'll never get through this 
you know, addiction. You're always going to be addicted for the rest of your life. You're um, never going to get passes. You're not smart enough. You're not beautiful enough, whatever. And because we have those limiting beliefs, we hold ourselves back from our dream. But all of those beliefs get stored in the body, right? And they, they live inside of us. They become part of our blueprint, our imprint. And we need to, and we, it's essential that we let go of all of those beliefs that are holding us back. We also have traumas that live inside of our body. We have stored energy from our primal years, even from like, you know, when we were just like, we came out of the crib and already our parenting, you know, the conditioning was like saying certain things to us. So that's, that's trauma in the body that we store. And so we then move into breath work right after the dialogue. I get them on the table if they're, if it's an in-person or a virtual, you know, I have them set up their space. I re- I instruct them and I gra- guide them. And if they're on the table, um, I have them or wherever they are, I get them grounded, grounded into their body. We just set up the, you know, they're lying flat. Um, and, I'll use essential oils. I use crystals. Um, I use evocative music and I get them really grounded into their body, super relaxed. But then we move into an active meditation. It's that's the breath work part that is alchemical. And what they're doing is they're getting out of their controlling mind. It's a three part breath. It's kind of like they're at an exercise class, cardio class, but they're using their breath through the mouth the entire time. First, they breathe in from the lower chakras, their belly, their solar plexus, then from the high chest, their heart chakra, and then breathing out through the mouth. And it's, it's very, um, it's very active. So it's kind of like, it sounds like this, um, more or less. It's like, (sighs) and so what's happening now is that they are starting to get out of their conscious mind and into their body. And people will start to have sensations. My client just left. She had her hands were vibrating like crazy. Um, Her feet, her knees, her jaw will lock up, like things like that start to happen because she's never moved that kind of energy before. And that has been so stuck inside of her body. And then once the they leave their conscious mind, all of the answers start to come and they're starting to move all of that stored stuff. It's somatic, soma meaning of the body, right? So we're moving energy out of the body. All of this stuff that's been living inside of us, crippling us with these ideas. And when you can let go of all of that, you start to feel like this rebirth. It's, it, I mean, there is another term for this kind of breathing that's called rebirthing. Um, and they're getting in touch with that way more pure part of themselves because we've, over the years, we've taken, we've like layered ourselves and padded ourselves with years of conditioning, parenting, you know, all of the limiting beliefs and the addictive behaviors that we keep repeating, right? The addictive behaviors or the destructive behaviors, habits that are destructive. And so when we can, you know, just release all of that layer by layer, we start to feel so much lighter. And then just like 
my client that just left as well, she had a big heart opening and she just started crying. And I, and she said, I'm getting this message. What's what my higher self is saying is I forgive you. You can be loved. And I, and after the session, I asked her who was saying that. And she said, my higher self was saying that to myself. That was all from me. So this is all about self-love. And you know, Bobby, that with recovery, that's what, that's a place that we need to get to. It's so important because when we pollute our bodies and when we, um, when we are in addiction, we're seeking things outside of ourselves to fill those voids. And I know all about that because that was me before I had the stroke, like what I was talking about. It was, I was living a life that I was constantly seeking external things to fill those voids inside of me. And so when you can get back to that self-love, that compassionate, beautiful love with yourself, fall in love with yourself again, there's nothing more beautiful, nothing better, right? And then you start to honor yourself. And I know I'm like going on on a tangent, but it, but I conclude, I just want to conclude what a session with me is like, I then, after the active breath work for about 30 minutes, we'll then go into sound healing. I have all my instruments, a gong and my um, sound bath, uh, my crystal bowls, different instruments that I use to um, help them um calm their nervous system and to harmonize with these sounds and vibrations that help to just bring um, them back into a restorative state. And that is a beautiful time. It's a beautiful time of the session. And then we come back together and we, we talk about what happened and it's just so beautiful to, you know, to hear the outcome. So, yeah. That's a lot in one session. Yes. I, I didn't realize that you were touching all these different modalities. My experience was like a breath one and then the sound bath at a different time. And I actually struggled with the sound bath. It physically hurt me. It hurt parts of my body. Um, I don't, I don't know the result because it wasn't individual. It was like a group exercise. Um, but I just remember a lot of pain and I don't know if it was the way I was laying on the floor, but it was weird. Anyway. Well, the, the sound does move your emotions too. So it could be that you had some stuff, you know, stuck energy that needed to be released because it was moving um, certain parts of you and it didn't have the opportunity, you know, it's possible. I, I have two questions that jumped out from what you were saying. Um, one is, do you believe in your practice? Cause this is something that keeps appearing. And I've been asking a lot of my guests about this because my research is leading me here. Do you think you mentioned the crib? So does a lot of this trauma and stuff happen in your formative years, like zero to seven? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Or is it a culmination of your entire life? You know, I think it's, it's different for every person. You know, I, I, I believe that, but I think that it, as you said, it is, you know, cumulative, um, usually. And if it's not dealt with, right. I mean, our parents probably didn't have, um, you know, access to a lot of the healing and the information that we have today. So they didn't know how to deal with or parent us in the way that we parent our children today. 
and and that caused us so much trauma i believe and it's really been just so much like i just see it as all these layers of padding being padded with all this trauma that you know we just kind of need to like undo and with breath work we do we really do and someone asked me the other day she's like how how much how i'm mentoring somebody and she actually mentoring somebody that is specializing in addiction um, for addiction and recovery um, with breath work and i love that and she's she's incredible but um sorry i i went off again on a tangent um and i said honestly i don't do the breath work as much as i used to I don't need to because I've done it so much that I've really healed so much of that foundational trauma that has lived inside of me for so long that now um, if I needed to do a breathwork session, it would be like once every few weeks, but not even, you know, as much as much because once you start to, you know, it's kind of like if you looked at a building and you had this basement that was so corroded and then you finally got all the crap out of the basement and someone came and did like you know the power wash and the deep cleansing it's like okay we need a maintenance here and there now right yeah that's a good visual yeah when you were talking about the self-love piece we we talked about it in the frame of addiction Mm -hmm. but i want to kind of throw out there if people learned this ahead of time and got to the self-love piece and comfortable with it, maybe they wouldn't end up addicted or physically having an ailment, right? To the magnitude of a stroke or something. So I, I wanted to call that out there because it was a really good point. And before I press record, I was kind of explaining to you, uh, you know, go and Bobby the awesome. And it has it has two meanings. One is to remind me on the days that I don't, that I'm having the limiting beliefs and all this stuff. And then the other to give people permission, because even on this journey, and I have so much more to do, but I can see getting stuck by everybody else's perceptions, right? Because as you develop, I definitely can see that more people that understand this are in my circle. So I'm not talking to myself um, and they can relate to it, but it almost feels a little like on an Island. If you, if you have that confidence or self-love, it, it comes across as not humble or am I making sense? Do you see that happening where I don't want other people to stifle anybody that does do this work, right? Does the work cure that so that you don't pick up on that? Or does your landscape change? What does that look like? How other people's perspective as you're healing? So uh, you mean other people's perspectives about the way that we should be? Like, So in recovery, we call it living in our story, right? So mm-hmm. if I gambled for a million years and everybody in my family only knew me as a gambler, when I'm in recovery, I'm a very different person. So I imagine it's the same way once you do that work, who you are, once you unload all this stuff, you now see through a different lens. You're, mm-hmm. and, and I'm assuming most people are more confident, strong-willed. Does, does the landscape change for them? Or do you see that being a struggle that other people can't deal with them growing and evolving? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, I've seen it and it's happened to me where this has really freed me up in my life and allowed me to really, I say like, it's, it's almost like a, um, like a blossoming of, you know, really where you become so much more authentic in who you are and you unleash all the things that you've hidden behind and struggled with your, in your, in your life. And so now you're like, you know, this beautiful butterfly and you're living in your truth. You're living way more according to who you truly are and want to be and you know, and so some people aren't going to be happy with that. You know, they're the people that were so comfortable with you as you were originally, but that's, that's the journey. Like that to me is the spiritual path of like letting go and weeding away like those relationships, those friendships that don't accept you for this beautiful, you know, evolving, evolved being. And, you know, some people we can't let go of because they're our family and we do our best to like, you know, say, Hey, this is, this is the new me, or, you know, this is the happier me, but, um, I, and, and, you know, you just declare like the boundaries that you need because, uh, self-love is, is it really, when you love yourself, we need to have boundaries, you know, for ourselves. Yes. Agreed. So somebody like me, seven years ago, six years ago, I wouldn't even use the G word, Never mind spirituality, right? Like would not say God under any circumstances. It was very uncomfortable for me. Never mind saying spirituality or being vulnerable or being on this exploration. So I'm picturing the pod, like somebody out in the audience that's like me back then, that is on the outside listening to Joy and Bobby talking, going breathing's going to make me feel better or um like what are they talking about like why why would i go believe this stuff or you know what i mean mm-hmm. so do you have any and i'm this is probably a hard question but any wisdom on how to tell someone cuz you can't tell them to be open minded um and i guess in the world that we live in we're probably thinking the universe will put them there at the time they're supposed to but is there any words of encouragement to help the people who don't know this side of the world, to get them open to it or practicing it or something like, do you know what I mean? Like, do you have any wisdom on how to convert somebody like how I used to be? <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's funny that you asked the question. Um, last night I was at uh, an event and I'm, was talking to this guy that is in recovery and he said, what do you do? And I, and I told him, but I also wanted to be careful because I didn't want it to be, um, intimidating for him. So I, you know, I said a lot before about what a session with me is like, and it could sound intimidating. Um, it can sound intense, but honestly, if you take the approach to, Experience it as a deeper experience with yourself beyond the mind, because the mind is what wants us, wants to tell us those stories, right, Bobby? And so it's just a time for us to get more quiet, more in our bodies, and to be open to what, what's inside, because it's essentially the relationship with yourself, Right that we've, we bog ourselves down with so much busyness 
distraction to get away from that relationship with ourselves because we're afraid of what we're going to find out. But, but you know what? If I told you that it's so worth it to get more comfortable in your life because we, if you're busying yourself all the time and trying to distract yourself, that means that you're not comfortable in your life, right? Mm. And if you want to get more comfortable, we have to get a little uncomfortable. <laughs> There's no way around it. So I'd say give yourself the opportunity to just try it, to just get a little still, to surrender to the experience when it gets a little uncomfortable because it never stays that way. There's always going to be light on the other side of it. Take it from me. I've been through a lot of darkness in my life and I'm experiencing magnificent light in my life today. Your room just displays that too you look kind of angelic with the with the way the camera situation is so I love that that your light your light is your life is lit up oh I lost my train of thought oh okay here's here's another thing Bobby seven years ago didn't know she didn't know about the observer right because the things you're talking about you need a level of self-awareness like you said you got to escape from that noise but you may not even know that you can see the noise as an outsider looking in, but you're in yourself. Oh my God, hopefully I didn't just lose everybody, but you follow what I just said. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's, so what's the, but what is the question? So how, even that, how can we invite people to, to think about that different or to be paying attention? How do we, how do we get people to be more self-aware? I guess, right? Because that's, that would be one of the initial stepping stones, I think. It's the first, yeah, for me, self-awareness is the first step, right? So for me, self-awareness is about taking, slowing it down, just slowing down your life. Okay. And notice, that's it. Notice, like just pause and notice Hmm. without judgment. So important to not judge yourself. <laughs> Release the judgment. Pause. Hmm. What's there? What do I notice about myself? Mm. So this is why meditation is so important because it allows us to slow down. When we just breathe into our bodies just a few minutes a day, it helps us even in those moments, we don't need even we don't even need to remind ourselves to be self-aware because we are more self-aware when our lives are a little are slowed down by creating those buffers throughout our day. But to start, yes, you can remind yourself, okay, I'm just gonna pause right here. I'm not gonna judge myself, but what do I notice about myself? <laughs> This reminds me so much of like, like the spiritual journey and the recovery journey in the sense that when you're in the, when you're doing it, right. When you show up every day to do that five minutes of meditation that you were just talking about and the breathing and the no judgment and you're practicing on the fifth day, on the 10th day, on the 20th day, it's real. I think it could be easy trying to word myself carefully to get impatient, right. Or to be looking for those results. Well, I should feel different. It's day 20. Um, and in my, in my experience, it's been, 
upon reflection. Like I don't even, and, and I'm a self-aware enough to know I'm going through shit and be looking for the breadcrumbs in the midst of it, but still can't see it because it's not when I'm supposed to see it evidently. So it's always upon reflection. So how do we let people know too, to not be impatient with that, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, everything we have to be our own coaches. We have to like take accountability for ourselves. Right. And I think that it's really important to be, you know, your best coach, right. To remind yourself, like, just like you have your, I love your affirmation, you know, Bobby, the awesomest, right. And, you know, that's you coaching yourself. That's you being your best cheerleader. And the same thing with, you know, not putting the pressure on yourselves, like, okay, you know, so I took a step back. It's okay. Have self-forgiveness, have some, you know, patience for your, with yourself. Just trust, you know, like Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm doing the best. I, my, one of my favorite affirmations that I tell myself all the time, I say this to myself all the time is you're doing the best you can. You're doing a great job, Joy. You're, you're doing the best you can you know, and, and it's really important. We we need to get rid of the inner critic. We need to stop saying those harsh things to ourselves. And that's how we start. You know, we, we just start with like taking, weeding out those, the inner critic, the, the, the constant harsh judgment, and we replace it with nicer things like, okay, just give yourself a little time. It's okay. It's okay. You know? Yes. So I've been very selfish with my questions and asked a lot of things that I was curious about or excited about. So for the next whatever amount of time we have left, are there things that if you were talking to strangers, you'd want to share about what you do, who you are, the practice, like you have a blank canvas to share anything you'd like to. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I say all the time, and I mean, it's, it could sound cliche, is the answers are all inside of you. I, When I <clears throat> take a client on, I'm like there to help, to hold the space for them, to facilitate for them, to have their, you know, so they can have their healing experience. But what I really care about is that they go home and they can utilize the uh, the guidance and the healing so that they can become their own healer and they can trust that everything that they need to know is right inside of them. And so as long as you are devoted to healing, to a path of growth, it's up to you to do the work in your own time, right? And that means finding your practice that works for you, whether it's meditating a few minutes a day whether it is journaling, um, taking a walk in nature, um, you know, it might be just taking a walk for like a few minutes a day and in silence, turning your phone off and just really being in full presence with yourself and being kinder to yourself and, or it might be prayer, you know, so finding a practice that is serving you, but committing to it you know, and really devoting um, a few minutes a day, at least to, to that practice. So that to me is, you know, a huge game changer. And I, 
have a bunch of things that I do for myself um, that adds so much value to my life. And I would say every day is alchemy for me every single day because I wake up in the morning and shit happens and we have circumstances. I have circumstances. I have obstacles. I have issues that I have to deal with. And we all wake up, you know, there's something called the negative bias. So naturally our minds are way more prone to go to the negative than they are to the positive. It's way more, I don't know about you, when you look in the mirror, if unless you're doing, you know, you're working on yourself and you're doing like mirror work and all of that, you're more likely to see something that you don't like about yourself, your appearances, than something that you love about yourself. And so what we need to do is we need to change that wiring and we need to focus on the positives. So that's why, to me, waking up and saying gratitude first thing in the morning, it's shifting my mindset. It's shifting myself from going to what's wrong in my life to what is great in my life, the blessings first. And then I can deal, you know, in a tactile way with a rational mind um, on things that I need to change or need to work on. So there's so many things that we can do. You know, there's so many um, practices that we can turn to that can add so much value to our lives, but and uh, not that, but I'm sorry. And many people do make excuses that they, there's, there's not enough time and I can't commit to it. And if you want to better your life, if you want to heal, if you want to grow, if you want to evolve, we need to commit to something. And so um, I'd say, you know, gratitude is one of my favorite practices. Just saying thank you for five things every day and why I'm thankful. And what you're doing when you do that is you're actually inviting in more of those blessings into your life. It's what you're telling the universe. I want more of this. I'm thankful for this and I want more. And so, you know, I'm... I'm a big proponent of, of gratitude practice. Um, and so again, you know, just getting quiet, taking a few moments to be more aware, notice what's going on on the inside. Um, and if you, if, if anyone's interested in breath work, please do, you know, check me out. Um, there's tons of breath work facilitators, but breath work can seem, can, is a broad term and many people don't understand that this alchemical breath work is what really is the medicine to help with, you know, the, to, to change the, um, the chemistry from all those limiting beliefs and the stored energy and the negative, um, destructive patterns in our body in that we hold on to. And so that's what I call the alchemical breath work. And are you capable of doing that over a Zoom? Like if you had remote clients, are you capable of doing that? I I do it all the time, all the time. Do you do any group breath work? Yes. So I have groups. Um, I get hired for private events and I also host um, groups in New York as well. Um, And I've done virtual groups as well um, for corporations and just, you know, private entities as well. So yeah. Love that. 
trying to make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, it's here's another question. I hope it's not inappropriate, but is there or what is the difference between energy work and Reiki? Mm. Right, because Reiki is becoming more of a mainstream term, I think. Organic. Yeah. So I'd say that, and it's it's just like the breath work. You know, like people say, I sometimes say, like, "Have you done breath work before?" And they say, "Yeah," but that means that they've just done like. Um, for some people, it means that they've just done like passive meditation. And what I'm asking is, have they done this type of breath work, which I demonstrated before? So with energy work, I'd say energy work is, can be, I'm facilitating, I can feel someone's energy, but I'm not necessarily giving them Reiki at the same time to work on them because Reiki is, um, the, uh, is coined by, you know, it's a Japanese method of healing through Reiki. Um, so it has its own entity, but it's not, do you understand? It's like, it's kind of like energy work is like, uh, the country and um, Reiki is like the state. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It's a, yeah. it's a piece of it. I understand. Uh, it's, I'm trying to, it's weird because once you get to this place of understanding a little bit more and granted, I'm in two classes right now where I'm literally working on my intuition. It was my 2022 goal um, to really try to get in tune. Cause I have so many friends that can say, um, they can listen to their bodies, whether it's about the food they eat or when to rest or all of that. And I don't have that skill set yet. So I'm working on trying to listen to my body and, and my higher self instead of just my normal subconscious. So it's like a full-time job. Anyway, I kind of forgot what my point was. Um, oh, so, so because I'm going on that, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think back before I was doing all of that work. And and Reiki is something that's becoming conversational. So that's why I asked the question like that. Like you hear it more. And again, I don't know, is it because I'm hanging around people who are doing the same kind of journey or is it because things are happening even because of COVID, right? Like it was interesting that you said, you know, our parents basically didn't have the resources. If we think about it, their parenting style was learned from their parenting style. You know, probably, you've probably heard the thing about the ham that, you know, there's five generations of, of the grandmother, the great grandmother and blah, blah, blah. And, and the daughter cooks the ham. She cuts off both ends to put the ham in the stove. And they ask all the way back to the chain. And it was like, oh, my mom did it. My mom did it. My mom did it. Well, why did you do it? Because the ham wouldn't fit in the pan. The ovens were too small back then. So mm-hmm. it, without asking those questions. Mm-hmm. So, so I just don't want to assume that people know what's what. Because I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, anything else? Because I want to make sure I respect your time. Um, where can people find you? I mean, other than going to New York City. I love <laughs> your website, by the way. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, I'm on Instagram, The Joyful Approach. And my website is thejoyfulapproach.com. Those Perfect. are my two main places of finding me. I'm also on Facebook, but I'm not a, as fa- uh, active on Facebook. Okay, very good. Well, I really appreciate you being here today. Um, It means the world to me. I love learning about this stuff. So I appreciate you sharing with me what you have. It's been very interesting. 
It's such an honor, honestly. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for you to be on this path too. And it's really, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's such a fun journey. So enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. If you're not my child,